0: Matthew 28, beginning at verse 1. This is God's holy and infallible word. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. And so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And then suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests. to the very end of the age. It's God's word for us this morning. How Easter transforms you. I looked it up. To transform is to make a thorough or dramatic change. And that sounds really exciting, doesn't it? Think about transforming your house to transform your wardrobe. We all want positive change. There are books to transform your body. You too can have a six-pack, you know. There are techniques to transform your moods. Be a joyful, life-giving person instead of a grump. Transform your productivity and accomplish more in your life. Transformational ministry is a buzzword in church circles these days. And of course, we all want positive change. We want to see things change for the better in our lives. We want it in our church. Well, you can't talk about transformation and not bring up the most incredible transformation event in all of history, and that, of course, is Easter. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, when he talks about Easter, as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. The biggest and most comprehensive positive change was accomplished through Jesus who brings us from death to life. And that change isn't just for your body. It's not just for your moods. It's not a technique for this or that. But it's a change to the very core of your being that makes all the difference for absolutely everything in your life. Your marriage, your friendships, how you handle hard times, how you celebrate the good times, your leisure, your work, your spending, your home life facing illness and death and loss. It transforms your past, your today, your tomorrow, and your eternity. Easter transforms you. Jesus changes you. Matthew's telling of the resurrection shows us how. First of all, Jesus transforms us with resurrection might, resurrection power, There's a sermon from a while back uh, that I read in the last couple of weeks by John Piper that doesn't talk about transformation, but that does bring up some pretty great points about Matthew 28, and I'm going to be bringing a couple of those points into this sermon in a couple different spots. But resurrection might, Jesus transforms you with resurrection might, first of all. It goes without saying that rising from the dead requires incredible might. But Matthew makes a real point of making sure we get this. He's the only gospel writer to tell us that there was a violent earthquake. The years that I lived in Southern California... I felt, of course, a number of earthquakes. Uh, You get used to them, but it's kind of unsettling. The earth is supposed to be solid ground and, and reliable, but it turns out it can move. And when you experience any type of earthquake, you begin to realize the power that is down there. And this, we read, was a violent earthquake. We know that the Dead Sea fault rift goes right smack through Israel. And so God could have used that existing fault line to make the earth quake violently, or He could have just caused a localized quake right there at the tomb. And then we read that the angel of the Lord came down and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Most people agree that if this was a typical tombstone, it would have weighed between like one and two tons. So it would take at least two or three people to move it. And sometimes even a system of levers was needed to move these tombstones. The angel does it single-handedly His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow, we read. Superman versus Batman just came out. Other than the fact that the new Superman has a rather muted color scheme, it would be like seeing a real life Superman. This angel has that kind of otherworldly power in the face of the might and the appearance of this angel it's pretty understandable that the guards would be terrified i mean think of the fear you would have if a being like this swooped out of the sky displayed the strength of at least several men and then sat there in front of you brilliantly white crackling and sparkling Like lightning, the Bible says. But guess what? He's not the mightiest person in the story. He's not the most powerful guy. This angelic being is at the service of Jesus Christ. He serves the Lord. Someone much more mighty and powerful after taking his last breath on the cross and lying dead since friday he had the might to wake up from the dead and walk through that tombstone before it was even rolled away and he has thousands of beings like this angel working for him this angel is nothing compared to jesus in any other context, we'd be tempted to worship this godlike angel, but he's an underling. He's a mere servant. Jesus Christ has the real might. In emphasizing resurrection might, it's as if Matthew is illustrating for us Jesus' words later on in the chapter. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He has more authority and might than anything in the heavens. More power than angels, more power than demons, more power than Satan himself. And the resurrection proves it. Satan could not hold the Lord in the grave. Jesus beat him. And that resurrection might transforms us. It changes How we look at the grave. A father from someone in our church family was laid to rest this past week. We stand with our loved ones at gravesides. We look at that casket. We look at that hole it's going to go down into. Satan likes to taunt us and put fear in us that he's got the last word at those moments. That he's the strongest, that death is the end. But we say, "Um, what about Easter, Satan? What about Easter? You can't fool us. You're beat. And so we can celebrate our loved ones being alive in heaven with these beautiful, bright, white lilies today, each one representing a loved one who went home to Jesus, who is alive because Jesus is alive. Jesus won the battle. Satan doesn't have the last word. When we belong to him, his power is for us, even power for you over death and the grave. And his power is greater than any authority on earth also, not just in heaven, but over earth. We see in verses 11 through 15 in the guards report the beginning of the post-Easter opposition to Jesus and his followers, the church. It's an attempted cover-up, spreading lies. We know that the opposition would increase in the following years to the level of persecution. We talked about the opposition to the Lord around the globe last Sunday and here and near us too, because 2 Timothy 3 says, all who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. But the one with all authority on earth is on our side. We need not fear, no matter how powerful man may seem, Jesus' might is greater. In fact, Because the Bible tells us Jesus is God, he is almighty. He's all-powerful, omnipotent. That resurrection might transforms you. It changes your outlook, your courage, your hope, your approach to this life, to the next. I still play basketball sometimes sometimes with the group of guys, not as much as I'd like to, not as well as I'd like to play either. A couple of times, there's been a guy playing with us who played professionally or in college, and they were just at a completely different level. If you know something about basketball, I played a few times with Ronnie Fields from Chicago. He lives in Westmont now, here in the suburbs, and, and once, a couple times, played with Ben Brust, who holds the all-time record for three-pointers made in a career at Wisconsin. Now, when you're on a team of someone like that, and both times they were on the same team I was, when you're on a team with someone like that, you feel invincible, like nothing can stop you. I still remember Ronnie Fields' pass to me once, and it was a beautiful, perfect pass because he's played professionally. He's made millions of passes it went in my hands in i don't even know what the perfect spot is but whatever the perfect spot to receive a basketball pass before you shoot that's where i got it i shot swish his ability gave me confidence it helped me succeed or you think about these guys playing alongside of of steph curry you know you're gonna win And you think of a lot of the role players who rode the coattails of Michael Jordan back in the day. They were all champions because of him. Well, when we believe in Jesus, we ride his coattails in a sense. His victory is ours. His might is our might. You can soar on wings like eagles, says Isaiah forty thirty one. Those who put their hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Why? Well, it's because we have his strength, his might. Jesus transforms you with resurrection might, friends. The fear that we can have about letting our light shine in our lives. We fear what people will think. The fear about our future or our loved ones. How is how are things gonna turn out? The fear fades when you have resurrection might in Jesus. Second, this morning, Jesus transforms you with resurrection mercy. We see the mercy of Jesus here. The angel tells the women who are there don't fear. He tells them what's up, or who's up, I should say. Jesus is risen. And then he gives them instruction. They go to do what the angel says. And then, of all things, Jesus himself meets them on the way. And he also says, do not be afraid. And then he says basically the same thing that the angel said. He repeats the instruction. So Jesus doesn't have anything new to say The women are already doing what they're supposed to be doing. The only reason for him to appear would seem to be because of his mercy and his kindness to give them additional assurance. John Piper says about this here, you wonder, and I never thought about this, if the fear of the women had to do with the fact that the disciples all had left Jesus when the going got tough. Peter outright denied him. They all deserted him, except for John, who we know is at the foot of the cross. You've got to think that maybe the women or the disciples would be a little nervous about this. Would Jesus be upset if he was saddened that they couldn't stay awake to pray for him while he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before his arrest? Think of how disappointed Jesus would be because everybody deserted him. But Jesus is so kind in our weaknesses. Jesus is so kind in our failures. And we see his mercy here towards the disciples. The angel said to the women, go and tell his disciples. But Jesus says something different. Jesus says to the women, go and tell my brothers as if there was any doubt about how he felt about them. He calls the weak, spineless deserters his brothers. But you know what? That is our Jesus. He calls them his brothers. He calls you and me his very imperfect followers. We make mistakes all the time. He calls us his brothers and sisters because he's so merciful, because he's so loving, because he's so forgiving. He's so gracious to you and me. He offers us so much more than we deserve. He transforms our lives with his resurrection mercy. You don't have to fear this morning his anger against your sin and shortcomings because he forgives. He loved you so much that he went to the cross and the grave to extend his loving mercy to you. Whether it's your sins, your worries, he says, do not be afraid. And he promises you, surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. He has kept that promise in the sending of the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God in our heart, in our lives, in your heart and life. Finally this morning, Matthew shows us in his telling of that first Easter that Jesus transforms you with resurrection mission. God's might is dramatically revealed over sin and death and hell and anything else you might face in heaven or on earth too. God's mercy is lovingly poured out through the very presence of Jesus coming to his own, to his people. And there's more. The angel of the Lord gives the women a task. Go quickly and tell his disciples that Jesus is risen. And then Jesus reinforces it. Go and tell. And then later, at the end of the chapter, we read, Jesus meets the 11 disciples and gives them a mission. We call it the Great Commission there in Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them. And that is the mission of Jesus' disciples everywhere. This is the mission of the church. In all time, it's our mission today too. We're called to make Jesus known, to share the good news of the transformation that the resurrection offers. There is death without Jesus, but in him is life and life everlasting. This is news worth telling. God's people have a burning sense of purpose and mission that propels us out of the resurrection. Jesus is risen. Now go quickly and tell. Go and tell. Go and make disciples. Jesus says, go go, go, the church doesn't sit still, we don't hang out as we embrace Jesus' finished work, we move, we go, we've got a message to tell, people need saving, people need to know the mighty and merciful God who is ours in Jesus, everything we do, we do as unto him for his glory, for his kingdom, May the resurrection mission transform us together to go, to tell, to share in our words, in our deeds. May God give us an urgency for that. Resting in the might of Jesus and in his mercy, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to hold back. Let's not sit still. Let's follow the great commission and carry it out as a church here at Faith as we eagerly and passionately experience God's Word, express His love, equip God's people together as we believe God has called us to do. Easter is transformational. Even as we want to see Easter change the world, our nation, and those around us, and we work hard and we pray hard for those things. But may the transformation start with you and me. May it start right here. May it be happening more and more right here at Faith Church as we turn our hearts and lives to the risen one and as we live and love together in resurrection might, in resurrection mercy, in resurrection mission.